The Denver Broncos face a playoff-like atmosphere on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. Sarah's going to jump on with the Lockdown Bengals host James Rapine to talk about the matchups and why the Broncos' healthy cornerback groups taking on a Bengals' healthy wide receiving unit who has the advantage and more. Not to mention Broncos head coach Vic Fangio. He has a lot of praise for Melvin Gordon, and he talks about why Broncos fans should as well. We react, we break it down, we talk about it, and much more on today's brand-new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the End Zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. We appreciate you taking time out of your day to make Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. You can get Lockdown Broncos free and available everywhere you get your podcast. You can also watch us on YouTube, so make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the action. Sarah, look, I, I really loved your interview with James that fans are going to get a chance to hear in just a little bit, but not to mention that. Broncos head coach Vic Fangio met with the media on Wednesday. He had a lot of praise for Melvin Gordon, who's been on the receiving end, I think, from Broncos country of a lot of negativity to the point where now Broncos fans, a good portion, a large portion are saying, we want you, Melvin Gordon. So can't wait to break all that down with you here today, my friend. Can't wait, Cody. It, it was a fun interview. Great to get to talk to James. And, and of course, you know, we always miss you on any time. You know, I've only done that twice without you, Cody. So I feel like I feel like, you know, it's like my better half is missing. But oh, it was a man. good time and uh, it, it was fun. It's fun to talk to Bengals. I was telling James off the air. That's the only other team that I, I have a jersey of is a Bengals jersey from the year 2000. Peter Warwick, one of my all time favorite players, especially when I was a kid. He was he was the man. So it was good to get to talk with him. It was good to get to reminisce a little bit. I kind of I kind of slid in there about the the game that the Broncos and Bengals played back in the Super Bowl 50 season, the overtime DeMarcus oh, Ware game. So we had a little fun and it was a good time. But it's it's there's a lot going on in this matchup, man. There's a lot of things on, on both sides of the ball for the Broncos. It's going to be fun to watch. And a little bit later, you're going to hear Sarah and James go back and forth about a healthy Broncos secondary versus a healthy Bengals wide receiving group. And obviously, this is going to be a defining matchup that people are looking at. Going back real quick, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about that Super Bowl 50 season, the Bengals. I don't know if I've ever been more stressed out, Sarah, watching a game than I was back watching that Bengals Monday night game because it was cold in Denver. And A.J. Mm -hmm. McCarron was lighting up. He and A.J. Green were just having so much success in the Broncos. Broncos offense couldn't do anything. And then the second half, Brock Osweiler got them going. Some good memories. We may have to revisit that at some point, maybe in the offseason to go back and rewatch just for fun there. But, uh, you know, Vic Fangio came out on his Wednesday press conference, met with the media, and he was asked a question about there's been a lot of fan conversation on social media. And it goes back to Melvin's comments last week that, you know, it's like, no, I I don't feel very wanted by the fan base. There's a lot of fans that don't want me here. Uh, He wants to come back, right? And Vic was like, and it, you're crazy if, if you don't think that. He's like, you know, I know people have their preference, but Melvin has been a very good pickup for us. And Vic Fangio is actually one of the bigger reasons the Broncos actually pursued him in free agency the year that they had signed him because he saw what they what he could offer by going against him as a defensive-minded court, you know, coordinator head coach. The Broncos, obviously, you know, he saw that there. Uh, you know, Sarah, he mentioned something along the lines of just how good it's been having both he and Javante. He's like, when you have two really good backs, you can do a lot of things. In your opinion, how much does Vic Fangio support a Melvin Gordon maybe reinforce the organization to George Payton? Like, hey, 
know, still take care of this guy? And why should Broncos fans embrace that? I think it reinforces it big time. You know, I feel like Melvin Gordon deserves more support than he's gotten. People didn't like that move initially based on just on the principle of the fact. I remember in that 2020 offseason, I had suggested in January that year that the Broncos should look into free agency at the running back position. This was obviously well before Javante Williams was even a thought on anyone's <laughs> mind. Might have even still been playing linebacker at that point. So, uh, But people just hated that idea on principle of paying a running back money because running backs, you know, they get worse as they get older and yada, yada, yada. Well, Melvin Gordon... He's been making history, Cody. He's one of only a handful of running backs with, I think it was six or seven touchdowns in, in six consecutive seasons or seven. I, he's been doing it for a yeah. long time. I mean, he has been a touchdown machine and that doesn't just happen by accident. It doesn't just happen based on the fact that they throw him in when they're at the one yard line and oh, all of a sudden it's Melvin Gordon time. He's not Jerome Bettis or something like that. So he's a really good back who is, I was telling, and you will get to hear about this as the episode goes along, but I was telling James about the fact that Melvin's been way more explosive than he had, than I remember him being with the chargers. At least yeah. I feel like with the Broncos, he has hit a, a new gear, even with a hip injury this past week against Detroit, he was exploding through the line of scrimmage. So I love the idea of bringing him back. I hope regardless of who comes back, whether it's Fangio or, or not, I hope Melvin Gordon comes back, Cody. I hope that he he is back with the Broncos. Of course, everybody wants to see him back at the reasonable price, right? Nobody wants yeah. to once again pay two years, eighteen million for a guy like Melvin Gordon, but two, three years, five million per year. I mean, who says no to that? I don't know. Maybe Melvin Gordon does. Maybe he says, "Hey, you know what? I deserve more money than that." And running backs, you should get as much money as you possibly can when you can get it. But I hope he is back. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Now, there is a question about, you know, the Broncos, they have to face a really talented back in Joe Mixon this upcoming weekend, and they could be without potentially one of their key interior defense line. Coming off of a great game, Draymond Jones dealing with a foot injury. Vic Fangio said on Wednesday he is truly 50-50. Now, Sarah, if he cannot go, how much does that impact the Broncos defensively, and who could step up in his place and maybe fill that production role? Or, I mean, can they fill that role? I think it, it leaves a huge void, Cody. Obviously, Draymond Jones having another fantastic season. And and if he's not able to play in this game, which it sounds like he's 50-50 to play, man, it's the McTelvin-Aguim show again, right? He's got to come out there and play potentially some extended snaps. Deshaun Williams has been a very underrated player as well for the Broncos, Cody, over the last two seasons, really. He's been a really good player in the rotation for them on that defensive line, and it's going to be up to guys like him, Shamar Stephan, Mike Purcell, to really play better than they have been in these last couple weeks. Obviously, the Broncos' injuries at linebacker has affected everything in terms of how they play the run, and Vic Fangio mentioned that Draymond Jones is playing, I mean, he's playing at 275 pounds, which is frankly pretty shocking for the amount of physicality that he shows on the defensive interior to play to be playing at 275 on the interior is not very common I don't think these days so it's it's big shoes to fill let's just be straight up about that it's big shoes to fill against some really good running backs that the Bengals have but as James is going to tell us later on in this episode the Bengals line is pretty banged up right now so could be you know you hate you don't ever like to see oh this is a good time for an injury but man it could be one of those things that it might be a good time for Mel, uh, McTelvin Aguim to get some additional reps 
Oh, and you're going to hear that interview from James and Sarah, a crossover episode with Lockdown Broncos, Lockdown Bengals, coming up here in just a moment. But ladies and gentlemen, before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor today's crossover episode, Lockdown Broncos, Lockdown Bengals, our good friends over there at Stat Hero. And ladies and gentlemen, no one plays daily fantasy sports to lose, and winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. And this never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clock Locking odds that are over four times better. And the crazy part about it is Stat Hero, they'll show you their lineups before you even play, and you get to handpick the team that you want to face one-on-one. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes, and you decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head-to-head is what daily fantasy should be one-on-one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash lockdown and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. It's crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And Sarah Bettinger of Locked On Broncos is here along with myself, James Erpine of Locked On Bengals to preview, well, a huge matchup. On Sunday at Mile High, it's Bengals, it's Broncos. They're both seven and six. And let's uh, let's start with the Broncos, there, because I don't know. I, I think they're just so unassuming nationally, right? They trade mm-hmm. away Von Miller. Teddy Bridgewater might be, and I'm, I don't mean this as an insult. Uh, mm-hmm. I've watched Teddy for a long, long time since his days at Louisville, but the most boring starting quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> and yet the Broncos are, are right here in the thick of the, the AFC playoff race. Boy, that's that's one of the nicer things, believe it or not, that anybody said about Teddy that I've heard recently. So, <laughs> no, you know, it's it's weird. You know, I think Bengals fans can kind of relate to this. Like it's it feels like it's been forever since the Broncos have been really relevant in the playoff conversation. And of course, it's not like, hey, they're they're definitely going to make it. You know, they're still going to have to fight and, and really, really get after it to even get there. But man, this is a fun, a fun matchup. I remember the last time these two teams played, it was kind of a, it was kind of another odd game. Like I can't remember if it was AJ McCarron starting for the Bengals and the Broncos got taken to overtime in that game. And DeMarcus Ware did some stuff. Those that was the Super Bowl 50 season. So man, I feel like the Broncos are on a nice little streak. They play the Bengals, they get to the Super Bowl. So, Hey, we'll see what happens. Oh, man. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of Broncos <laughs> fans would be excited about that. I, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater or Teddy Bridgewater is capable of that, but yeah. I, I guess you never know. Let's let's start there. Why uh, why are people down on him? How is he playing? Because I got to be honest, I haven't watched a ton of Broncos football entering this week. Yeah, Teddy's been he's been interesting. I, I think the first three weeks of the season he played he played well above I think what anyone kind of expected. And of course, those games were against the Giants, the Jets, and the Jaguars, so it, it was to be taken with a grain of salt. But at the same time, he was way better in those first three weeks than anyone's really saw coming. We kind of all thought he he'll come in be a really strong game manager, be that really boring starting quarterback like you talked about, and he was actually really good. And then the four game losing streak happened after that. And Teddy kind of fell into the, you know, reason why department <laughs> for lack of a better term there. And throughout the whole rest of the season, he's kind of the, the cream has risen to the top, so to speak with Teddy Bridgewater in terms of he is kind of what everybody thought he is. He's that type Alex Smith type of boring starting quarterback 
who he's not the tide that raises all boats. That's what I keep on saying to people who are asking. It's he's not the tide that's going to raise all boats. He's the guy that when the running game is going off for 180, 190 yards like they did against uh, Detroit, like they did against Dallas, he's the guy who's going to look good as a result. You know, you look at his stats from that Detroit game. He's got two touchdowns and like you know, almost 80% completion rate. Well, the the game doesn't really tell that story. Teddy doesn't push the ball downfield. He is, you know, for the most part, he's getting the ball to, to receivers, but he throws a lot to the running backs and the tight ends. He doesn't get the ball to the receivers a lot, which has been a real point of contention, I feel like, for Broncos country lately. Especially because they've invested in the receivers, and I do want to ask you about the receivers, but the run game is obviously their, their bread and butter. You got two really, really good running backs in Gordon and Williams, what uh, what are their strengths? Because I think a lot of our listeners on Locked On Bengals probably have one of them on their fantasy team or are aware of it, but they probably haven't watched them much. So well, how do they use these guys? Because just looking at the stats, it seems pretty balanced. And it really feels that way, too. I mean, we're, we're what, this 14 weeks into the season now. So yep. it feels like they've been almost exactly balanced all throughout the year, which is weird because you would think like the war on attrition in the NFL, guys getting hurt things like that, you would think it would lean heavily towards one guy or the other, but it really hasn't. Pat Shermer's done a pretty darn good job for all of the the faults that he has, the faults that Broncos country will find in Pat Shermer. He's done a pretty good job of splitting up the carries between these two guys and really letting them do what they do best, which is just they, they grind out tough yardage. And Melvin Gordon, to be honest with you, he looks way more explosive in 2021 than I remember seeing, you know, when he was even with the, the Los Angeles Chargers. I remember, you know, when he played for them, it was almost kind of just like, a, hey, the Broncos defense is going to be able to to kind of not rest this week. But Melvin Gordon is not exactly the fast. He wasn't known for speed necessarily, more known for utilizing his size. But I, I think he has one of the fastest plays in the NFL this season. His big 70-yard run against the Giants earlier this year, he hit 22 miles an hour on the GPS. So he's been way more explosive than anyone thought. And then Javante Williams has been exactly what everyone hoped for a tackle breaking machine. Just he's so hard to bring down and he's so much fun to watch. You've seen the angry run segments on good morning football. I mean, he is, he is exactly that guy every week. It's, it's weird almost. He does that kind of stuff all the time, which you would think that's kind of just like, Oh yeah, Miami. He did that against the hurricanes in college football. Like he's not going to be able to do that in the NFL. And then he's dragging Marlon Humphrey for 20 yards down the field. So they've been a lot of fun to watch this year. Honestly, they're not the most dynamic guys in terms of making you miss in the open field and and creating that way. But man, they are skilled backs who grind it out with their size and they do have a little bit more explosiveness, I think, than people realize. Yeah, I I agree. I think that's going to be a huge test in this game. The Bengals run defense versus those uh, two headed monster at running back. But when you uh, look at the passing game. It isn't just the wide receivers, and, and obviously the, we, we mentioned them and the running backs in that. But it's also Fant, and you know he's he's a dynamic tight end. He's he's certainly explosive uh, in his own right. Uh, what should our listeners know about Cortland Sutton and and, and about uh, Jerry Judy and Noah Fant and in this group of skill players that I think is really really talented. Yeah, what I think you your listeners should know about these guys is if you're hearing their names called a lot during the game, 
it's it's going to feel like the first time for us Broncos fans all season long, pretty much. I mean, they've gotten wow. involved sporadically throughout the season, but in recent weeks, especially since the bye, it, it's been such a frustrating just – it feels like we're at this ceiling with Teddy Bridgewater not getting the ball to these guys. Noah Fant has – you know, he had a, a better game this past week. They finally got him the ball downfield, finally got to see what he can do in that regard. But with Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Jerry Judy – all of these guys, and then you have the new contracts for for Sutton and Patrick. We just haven't gotten to see what they can do at their fullest strength. Last year, it was Drew Locke, obviously, you know, as the quarterback, and and kind of trying to figure out what is the offense going to even look like on a week to week basis. And with Teddy Bridgewater, it's been so much of checking down to the running backs and so much of just shorter passing game. He doesn't push the ball downfield. It's been very frustrating from that vantage point, from that perspective. So. I feel like that's that's kind of what you should know at this point. And hopefully, for us Broncos fans' sake, hopefully you are hearing more of their name this week. But for the Bengals fans, I mean, I think you kind of hope that it's it stays status quo and that these guys aren't getting as involved because Teddy Bridgewater just flat out doesn't like to press the ball to the outside. Yeah, and, and that's certainly going to play a big part of it. The, the other part of this, and – uh, I probably should have spent more time on the defense, but Vic Fangio's defense, you trade away Von Miller, and yet this defense still playing at a high level. I know the secondary stands out to me. I know the Bengals are very aware of what's in that secondary, whether it's uh, Sertain, the rookie, or you know the rest of those guys back there. That's got to be the strength of this Broncos defense. But uh, what do the Bengals maybe not need to do, but what do they need to be aware of uh, going up against a defense like this in Denver? I think one big thing to be aware of, and you, you made a great point, that is the strength of the defense easily uh, this season for sure. And they've been the most consistent despite some shuffling with a couple of guys, you know, a couple of guys stints on injured reserve. I think the primary thing to know going into this game is that it looks like Bryce Callahan is going to be coming back. Um, he came off injured reserve last week, didn't play against Detroit, but he was back and he's been kind of getting involved in team, you know, team warmups and stuff in the weeks leading up to this. So he suffered a knee injury against Washington a couple months ago that, you know, he's he's back from. It didn't look like he was going to be able to come back, but he adds another dynamic to the secondary to where I'm thankful that he is coming back in this game. Win or lose for the Denver Broncos, that receiver trio in Cincinnati going up against the Broncos best secondary I feel like is just going to be a football fans dream to watch these guys Callahan is outstanding in the slot so getting to see him go up against Tyler Boyd and whoever else the Bengals throw in there is going to be a treat getting to see Jamar Chase going up against Pat Sertan I think everybody is excited for that and then Ronald Darby he's been very underrated on the other side from Sertan because Sertan has been that good to make Ronald Darby seem underrated but him going up against Higgins, I don't know if they're going to match up like that the entire game. But mm-hmm. then, of course, Justin Simmons and, and Kareem Jackson on the back end. They're just fun fun to watch. And I feel like Justin Simmons, he's getting kind of the hype now that I wish Jesse Bates would get nationally. That <laughs> I love watching that guy play ball too, man. Yeah. So it's it's going to be fun, I think, from that, from that respect. If you're just a general football fan, like where these teams were two years ago at receiver and in the defensive backfield – it's such a drastic difference here as we sit here today going into this matchup. For sure. And and who knows, you know, strength on strength, it, it should be a fun one. I know the Bengals, they got to be looking forward to, they've been facing a lot of zone, got to be looking forward to potential one-on-one matchups that, that could happen on Sunday. Up next, 
Sarah's going to ask me about the Bengals and the state of the other 7-6 and six team in Sunday's matchup. Let me tell you about one of the sponsors of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, Lockdown Bengals crossover. So it's our good friends over there at Stance Apparel. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings in a typical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything that you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. And Sarah, they have some very comfortable products active apparel as well if you like to work out you go to the gym a lot they have active apparel that is great for you if you're in that category or they just have comfortable socks or underwear if that's something you like as well and obviously with the holiday season make sure you check it out today at stance apparel but you know one thing i like too we mentioned collaborators they've teamed up with some of the collaborators some of my favorite designs that they have they have the wu-tang clan so stance you know with their socks stance socks rules everything around me my friend and i tell you what i know you're a star wars fan they also have some designs there as well so check it out today at stance apparel and stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in and that those who feel good they do good so go see for yourself register for an account at stance.com and get 15 percent off your first purchase use promo code locked on at checkout to apply enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance today and our good friends of their betonline.ag some playoff implications online for the broncos and the Bengals. and betonline has you covered all season long with more props odds and lines than ever before as football season continues the march towards the playoffs BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus today from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC action right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Locked on Broncos, locked on Bengals crossover episode. Sarah Bettinger here. No Cody. We miss Cody today, and I know your co-host is also out today sick, and we wish him yeah. well, but... It's great to talk to you, James. It's get, great to get to meet you and get to interact with the, the Locked On community. I'm enjoying being part of this so much. Want to uh, want to ask you about some some heavy hitting topics for this game, but starting with a guy that man, Broncos country. This is one of the most Broncos country likes to get in their feelings a lot, James. And, and I know DJ <laughs> Reader spurned wow. the Broncos a couple of years ago in free agency. I see that he's doing really well, but give us. Give us the yeah. latest update on him and what he's brought to that Bengals defense. Oh, man. Uh, the best player on the Bengals defense is DJ Reader. He's been a, a game changer. It, it, you know, as much as you can be a game changer at nose tackle, I think he's done that. He's made life much, much easier on a, a young linebacking unit that uh, has overachieved and I think exceeded expectations in large part because of him. They're fourth against the run this year. Again, in large part, I think, because of DJ Reader and what he brings. And then even a guy like Trey Hendrickson, uh, who's had a sack of nine straight games, I think you have someone like Reader that's getting that push, and it's uh, it makes life easier. Not that to take anything away from Trey Hendrickson, but I just think it, it makes life easier on him as well. So I didn't know that, by the way. Did DJ Reader turn the Broncos down for, for the Bengals? Were they close to a deal? Yeah, yeah, he did. So there was a big to-do made about that in regards to him choosing the Bengals over the Broncos. And somebody asked wow. him a question about who would you rather spend the next however many years with, whether it's Drew Locke or Joe Burrow. And it, the you know the decision was kind of made. That's what I read about anyway. But I remember the Broncos. I, actually, were, I, I, think, I, I think I remember that part now. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think he might have mentioned that earlier this year the drew locker yeah. thing which yeah hard to believe i get it 
I get it. I get it. There's no no uh, ill will here. So it's great to see him doing well, though. And it's great. You know, even even that kind of little thing, I take that as a victory for the front front office. You know, good good job for the pro uh, pro scouting department. But that's sure. he's been a great addition for them. Obviously, Trey Hendrickson been a great addition for them. Let's shift to the offense a little bit here, because that's where I feel like everybody, you know, like you mentioned, fantasy football with Javante and Melvin Gordon. I feel like everybody's got a bangle this year on yeah. their team. And and if you do, you're probably doing pretty darn well. So starting with Joe Burrow on the on the mm-hmm. offensive side of the ball, how's he been coming back from that knee injury? How's he doing with the finger? What can we expect from him in this game against the Broncos? He's going to be limited uh, throughout practice, probably the rest of the season with the that, that pinky injury. More so to make sure he doesn't re-injure it or tweak it and and, and let him rest and be as, as close to 100% as possible on game day. Uh, the knee, I think he looks as athletic as he's looked, uh, as mobile in the pocket as he's looked. Uh, the, there was a, a next-gen stat, I believe, that they're the ones who tracked it. He was running 15 miles an hour on fourth and five wow. the other day when he was rolling out and he threw it to Jamar Chase in the back of the end zone. It was just a crazy play by him, crazy play by Chase to stay in bounds. But I certainly think he's got his athleticism back. And no, I I think he's playing really, really well. And and arguably the best he's played all season is what we saw in week 14. And obviously it came in a loss, but he was good throughout that game. And and the the guys around him kind of let him down. So um, yeah, I think that uh, uh, even the past couple of weeks, week 13 against the Chargers, he played well. But there was a drop. There was, you know, that turned into an interception. There was a fumble. There's a bunch of little things that that weren't his fault. So Burrow, especially when you take into consideration the ACL, I think is playing about as well as anyone could have anticipated coming into this year. That's great to hear for for just football fans in general. Joe Burrow yeah. being healthy is good for football, and and so I love hearing that. A lot was made about the offensive line, you know, this mm-hmm. past offseason and everything, of course, and the the whole passing on Penny Sewell for Jamar Chase, and that's really working out pretty well for the Bengals right now. So yeah. uh, talk about the offensive line and how they've kind of progressed this season. Have they gotten better from what you saw last year? What's the current state of the O-line for the Bengals? It's still the biggest flaw on the team. Uh, there's no denying that, especially this week. Riley Reef not expected to play. Maybe he does, but uh, he tweaked his ankle again in week 14, and he's been battling that ankle for the past couple of weeks. So I don't anticipate him playing. So right tackle with Isaiah Prince potentially starting there is uh, is a flaw. You know, it's certainly a weakness. Um, and, and now really the whole right side of the line is a question mark. Akeem Adenogy has been starting at right guard. He's their fourth starting right guard this year. Started with Xavier Suofilo, who's on injured reserve, then went to Jackson Carmen, uh, then came around to Akeem Adenogy. You know, it's, it's just been one guy after another after another. Trey Hill started there for a game. And uh, in, and so the right side's a question mark. The left side in, in, in the center position, we know who's going to be there. Trey Hopkins coming off of an ACL of his own. First half of the year was a, a struggle, but he's looking more and more like his old self. He tore his ACL in January, by the way. So the fact that he hasn't missed a, uh, a significant portion of this season because of that is wild. He's only missed one game because of an ankle injury, not even the knee. Um, and then Quentin Spain's been solid at left guard, and Jonah Williams has been solid at, at left tackle. So it's been a mixed bag. When Riley Reef is in there, three-fifths. Uh, you know, of the line are, are solid. And then when Trey Hopkins looks like his old self, it's four fifths. But uh, on Sunday against the Broncos, it, it might not be four fifths. It might be only uh, center left where you're really confident. And, and then, you know, you look at that 
right side and there's some question marks. So certainly something that needs to be addressed this offseason. I think they're playing better to answer your questions uh, question than they did last year. But are they above average? No. Are they average? I'd say slightly below average going into Sunday's game. Well, my my final question kind of builds upon that. It, it feels like the Bengals have been able to run the ball pretty well. I mean, Joe Mixon, mm-hmm. very talented, very talented player. Some AJP Ryan's had some big games as well. Tell us why the Broncos, you know, who have had a couple of tough games against the run this season, tell us why the Broncos should be a little worried about that duo going into this game, if they should be. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, well, first things first. Yeah, Joe Mixon is is a guy that, that when they get him going, next level stuff, right? The problem is, is the offensive line, it's up and down. And there's been games uh, where we thought that they were going to run for a lot of yards, and then they were unable to. Last week, they couldn't really get the run game going, averaged just over three yards a carry. But they're supposed to get Chris Evans back this week. And I think that's kind of an underrated part of it. Uh, he's not going to light up the the stat sheet if you look it up that that uh, aspect of it, but he's a sixth round rookie out of Michigan, great hands out of the backfield, capable pass blocker, and was really about to take off, and then he's been dealing with this ankle injury for about the past month. So that's something uh, to keep an eye on. But yeah, we know what Joe Mixon can bring. Samaj P. Ryan is is solid. I don't think he's going to have any huge games. Watch he he goes out there and runs for a hundred and, and and shocks me. I just I think he's just one of those solid third down backs when you need to spell Joe Mixon, and that's the other thing to watch. Sarah on Sunday is I think Mixon in, in week fourteen was a little limited. He was coming off of a a little a bit of an illness, so we'll see if he's limited at all this week. I don't anticipate that being the case, and so if it isn't, I would expect him to be out there for about seventy percent of the snaps, which means. You got to account for him in the passing game and uh, obviously out of the backfield as well. It's going to be a fun matchup. It's going to be a really yeah. fun matchup, James. I'm excited to watch it. I know Broncos country is thrilled to have meaningful football. I'm looking at the, sure. the clock and the calendar here, December 15. And, and and as people hear this on December 16 and going forward, you know, it's exciting that both of our teams get to be talking about meaningful football at this time of year. It's It doesn't get better than that, right? It's the it's the pinnacle of being a football fan. You got a reason on Monday to be either really ticked off or really excited. <laughs> and that's part of the fun, right? Yeah, no, there's there, there's no doubt about it. It's uh, it's going to be an epic battle. We we can bill it Joey B versus Teddy B. Who gets the <laughs> who gets the win? And I know there's more that goes into it than that, but uh, that's that's how we can bill it for sure. Well, thank you all for listening to this crossover episode, Locked On Broncos, Locked On Bengals. Keep tuning in throughout the rest of this week. Thank you for making Locked On Broncos and Locked On Bengals your first listen of the day. We appreciate you all. Thank you so much for sounding off in the comments section on YouTube for those of you who watch and listen there. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode.